Sukadaf Nun Beis. We are on the bottom of Nun Alba Medbeis. We're starting at the two dots. Bemotze Yamtov. Yesterday, the Mishnah taught us regarding Simchas Beis Shoeva that after the first day of Yamtov, on the eve of the first night of Cholamoid, so there would be a major celebration that was done in the base of Megdash. Uh, this, uh, this Simcha, the Mishnah told us yesterday that it is unparalleled. The Mishnah opened up yesterday's daf that if you didn't see the Simchas Beis Shoeva, you did not see anything that was comparable in Simcha. And the Mishnah yesterday went through a number of details in terms of the uh, the, the, the actual pr- process and procedure of the Simchas Beis Shoeva. Uh, one of the first details that the Mishnah taught us is that they would uh, congregate on Motze Yom Rishon, and they would go into the Ezra's Nashim, and that was directly to the east of the Azara. And they would make a takana of a tikkun gadol. So the Mishnah, one of the first Mishnah, details in the Mishnah is somewhat vague and it describes some sort of tikkun gadol. So the Gemara over here picks it up right at that point of the Mishnah with an obvious question. And that is, what's the tikkun gadol that the Mishnah is describing? So the Gemara opens up the question, what exactly is tikkun gadol? So what we're going to learn together is a couple of braises where the braises are going to amplify and explain exactly what it means, a tikkun gadol. So here in the first b'risa, so we're describing now that in this area of the Ezra's Nashim, so it originally it was a flat, it was a ranch, and then what they did is they put gezustros, they put a balcony, and then women would go, ascend on the balcony, and they would be they would, they would be situated above on the balcony, and the men would be below. And basically the Tikkun Gadol and the Ezra's Nashim was the separation of men and women. So for the Simchas Beis HaShoeva, so that means to say that there was a period in time where they were slightly more mu'urav. In a moment, we're going to explain what that means. It wasn't, it wasn't a it wasn't a mixed setting, but nevertheless, it was not as separated. But then the Tikkun Gadol created more separation between the between the two of them, uh, and that is in the form of a balcony. And that's the Tikkun Gadol that's being described. Uh, Rashi over here gives the impression. Encourage you to look at Rashi inside, but Rashi over here gives the impression that it was put up and taken down specifically for Simchas Beis HaShoeva, meaning uh, for Sukkot. It sounds like from Rashi, it wasn't up year-round. That is the impression you get from Rashi, Tan Rabbanan. Continuing now in the Gemara with a second b'risa, this b'risa is going to give us just a little bit more detail. In the first base of Mikdash, women would be on the inside, men would be on the outside. Now the word b'rishonah literally means originally, but... The Goan's understanding over here, the Vilna Goan's understanding, is that it's a reference to the first base of Mikdash. So, women would be interior, men would be exterior. Now, interior, exterior over here, the way Rashi understands that interior is Ezra's Nashim and Mibachutz is somewhere on the, somewhere within the Harabais and the Chel area. That's Rashi's understanding over here. And Vahayu Bainli De Kalos Rosh, but the, uh, but still, even though there existed this kind of separation, but it led to Kalos Rosh, it still, Led to a certain degree of frivolity. So they try try to switch it around, where the women would be outside the uh, the men would be on the interior. And still uh, led to frivolity. And so, after a little bit of trial and error, so finally they came to the uh, conclusion and decision that women would be standing in the balcony upstairs and, and men would be downstairs, and that led to the proper seriousness that was necessary in the area of the base of Mikdash. The Gemara wants to know, how could it be that any kind of renovation be done to the base of Mikdash? The Pasuk says, When building the first base of Mikdash, Rashi says this is in reference to the first base of Mikdash, 
So we know that the entire architecture and design of the base of Mikdash is done Ayyadeh Nevuah, and that means to say that it is all divinely d- designed. And we can't add anything to the base of Mikdash, and many, make, making any kind of alteration to the base of Mikdash would be a, 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 a deviancy from the divine design. And the Gemara wants to know, how can you do this? So, and in response to that, the Gemara says that they darshan the Pasuk. Uh, we turn now to the top of Nenbeza Medalif, and we're looking at a Pasuk in Zechariah in the 12th parak. The Navi de Zechariah is describing something that will be happening Bizman HaMashiach. In a moment, we're going to go into much greater detail in terms of what he's describing, but right now, the Gemara is making one singular point. We obviously are going to be focused on this one singular point. The Navi is describing some sort of eulogy where there was a death of a really important personality. In a moment, again, we're going to explain who that is, but uh, there was a eulogy of this individual, and the Navi goes on to describe that men and women sat separately at the eulogy, at the funeral. So Amru, so the Chachamim said, So over here we can extract a really simple logical argument. Now, in the future, where they're involved in the eulogy, and the Yetzirah is not strong under those circumstances, people are obviously more subdued at a funeral. And Amr Torah, and still men and women are separated in order to prevent any kind of, uh, any kind of improper thoughts. So Achshav Shasukim Simcha at this point in time now where they're involved in Simcha, meaning at the Simcha's base of Shueva, the Yetzahara Sholibahem, and there you have a much stronger Yetzahara, people are already in a state of joy. How much more so should there be a separation between men and women? So based on this Kavachomer, based on this Pasuk in Zechariah, so the Chachamim understood that it is a it is a dindo araisa that men and women need to be separated to the point in which, even though it's going to require a little bit of a renovation of the base of Mikdash, the Kavachomer tells us that the the the, the, the need and, and, and the chova to go ahead and separate men and women are so strong that it can even uh, it, it can even allow for a small renovation in the base of Mikdash. Um, in a moment, we're going to uh, talk about the husband of of, uh, of of this pasuk in Zechariah and who is it making reference to. But obviously, it's at this point in the Gemara that we could just pause for a moment and just reflect on the fact that this is it. This is the Gemara that describes a mechitza, meaning that there needs to be a separation between men and women uh, when when congregating. Uh, certainly, uh, at a funeral, uh, in, in a simcha, and it, and and it goes without saying that uh, when you are in any kind of uh, religious function, so there needs to be uh, separation. So uh, this idea, the Gemara does not does not does not move this over to a shul, but obviously, in the shul setting, which is a mikdash ma'at, which is a small base of mikdash, so obviously it extends to the shul setting as well. Um, much to be said regarding the mechitza in terms of the history, in terms of the halachas, and it's not the forum right now in the dafyomi to go ahead and to speak uh, about the mechitza. But this is it, meaning this Gemara over here really is the cornerstone that is going to be the basis of the discussion of. Uh, the idea of a mechitza. So uh, all, all halachos are generated from this gemara over here. Uh, it is a it, it, it is a point of interest that the uh, it is uh, the mechitza is discussed amongst the more contemporary poskim in much greater detail. Uh, but it is something that is absent from the shulchan aruch. When the shulchan aruch talks about a base, uh, a base kinesis, so he does not mention uh, he does not mention a mechitza. Then again, of course, he doesn't mention women being in the base. Uh, in the base Knesset, and most probably uh, women just simply weren't there. 
right? But nevertheless, so it's uh, its absence in the Shulchan Aruch allowed for, uh, uh, obviously, a large opening uh, in terms of a discussion amongst the more contemporary authorities in terms of the nature of the Mechitza and the and the height of the Mechitza and, and all the details regarding Mechitza is all discussed much more much more contemporarily than it was discussed 500, 600, 700 years ago. Okay, uh, the um, but... Again, we're going to go on in the Gemara. Uh, we are now going back to the Hespit. So, so somebody's being eulogized in, the, in this Navi in Zechariah where he's forecasting an event that will occur in the future, pr- presumably, and at the times of the Mashiach. So somebody is being eulogized. Hi, it's been in my So the Gemara's question over here is really simple and super straightforward, and that is, who are we eulogizing? Pligi by Rabbi Dosav Rabbanan. Amachok is amongst the Tanaim. Chadamar al-Mashiach min Yosef shenerag. Bechadamar al-Yetzahara shenerag. So it's either over the death of Mashiach ben Yosef or the Yitzhahara. The Gemara is going to go over both possibilities. Bisham Lamanda Amar Mashiach ben Yosef Shenerag. So to the opinion that says that it's the death of Mashiach ben Yosef, so it actually, if we go into that same pasuk in Zechariah, so we're going to see the Ibitu Alayas Asher Dakaru v'Saftu Alav Kimispeid Al Hayachin. So it goes on to describe that somebody was killed and somebody's, and the person's being eulogized is a yachid, is an individual, meaning a significant individual. And it's, uh, and it's a, refer- a reference to somebody who gave up their life on behalf of the Jewish people, otherwise known as Mashiach ben Yosef. Now, uh, for just a moment, uh, who is this Mashiach ben Yosef? Or what, are, what are we describing over here? So the Gemara is assuming that we know, although the Gemara doesn't speak about it much here. In the 11th paragraph of the Gemara Sanhedrin, the Gemara speaks about this in more detail. Is that to say that there is a, uh, the Mashiach obviously is going to be the one who's going to lead the Jewish people into Eretz Yisrael to build the second, to build the third base of Mekdash and, 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 and to lead us into a new era. That, that we're all familiar with. But as part of the process, there's also something, there's also somebody referred to as Mashiach Ben Yosef, separate from the standard Mashiach. Standard Mashiach, as we generally think about it, that's Mashiach Ben David. But on top of that, there's also Mashiach ben Yosef. Now, Mashiach ben Yosef, again, we know precious little about, but the idea over here is, is that that's somebody who is going to, uh, is going to fight on behalf of the Jewish people, and what is clear, at least in this opinion of the Gemara, is going to die on behalf of the Jewish people. Uh, the Marashah over here in our Gemara points out that the Mashiach ben Yosef is necessary in order to destroy and defeat the Zarushal Esau, meaning that the Mashiach ben Yosef, obviously being a descendant of the Shevet of Yosef, so we know, we have a tradition, that we go all the way back to the beginning. In the first confrontation between Yaakov and Esau, when Yaakov goes from back, from the house of Lavan over to, 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 to Eretz Yisrael, so he encounters Esau, and Rashi over there brings down that he only goes back to confront Esau only after the birth of Yosef, somehow, in ways that I can't fully articulate, so Yosef is the, is the, uh, is, is, is the firepower, if you will, that allows Yaakov to go ahead and to face Esau. So, we now head to a time of the future where we're going to be experiencing a, 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 a redemption. And so there, in order to defeat Esau, so you need the Mashiach ben Yosef. Okay, that, that, that's the idea as well as I could express it. So over here, well, at least within this first opinion, so the Navi who's forecasting the eulogy of this uh, of this powerful personality, this special individual who died on behalf of the Jewish people, so that's the death of Mashiach ben Yosef, and the Gemara says that's fine. Meaning, I understand that opinion, I understand why it is, that it is such a tragic and national event. El but continuing now in the Gemara, but for the opinion that says, so the idea that the eulogy that the, the Navi Zechariah is describing is the death of, uh, of the Yetzirah, 
So highest beta baila ma'abed. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. What are we doing eulogizing? Simcha baila ma'abed. Obviously over here, the response should be joy. Everyone, everyone's going to be ecstatic over the fact that the Yetzirah is no longer around. So on my bachus, so why are people crying? And in the Navi over there, the description is a description of everybody crying. The, um, so, so, um, so, so obviously that presents a problem. And uh, overall, obviously, the idea that the Yetzirah is being, is being killed in of itself is obviously operating on a level that is, that is difficult to, to understand and certainly difficult to articulate. Uh, but nevertheless, right now, at least for the remainder of today's stuff, this is going to be the launching pad for a good part of, a good portion of today's daf, most of today's daf, where we're going to be focusing on uh, the Eight Sahara. So uh, what we are learning right now is at least within this framework, within this opinion, so the Eight Sahara will eventually be destroyed in the time, in the era of Mashiach. And so the Gemara's first question right now is how do you fit that into the Pesukim of Zechariah? Why are people going to be sad? People should be happy. So the Gemara starts off with the following. So this fits in with the drasha that was said over by Rabbi Yehuda, that in the future, Kodesh Baruch will bring the Yetzirah and slaughter the Yetzirah, both in front of Sadikim and in front of Rishayim. Sadikim, Nidmalem Kahar Gavoa. As far as the Sadikim is concerned, Yetzirah will appear to them like a great mountain. Rishayim, Nidmalem Kechut Hasa'ara. And as far as the Rishayim are concerned, the Yetzirah will look like a very thin thread, a hair's breadth. Now everyone's going to be crying. Now as far as the tzaddikim are concerned, so they're crying. The crying is almost like from an incredulous standpoint of how do we dist- how do we defeat this great mountain? Meaning it's unbelievable that we were able to conquer this. And as far as the Rishayim are concerned, so they're crying because they could not believe that the Yetzirah for them is just the smallest hair. And meanwhile, they couldn't just step over it. And they, and they couldn't believe that they succumbed to the Yetzirah. So what's obvious and evident from the Gemara over here is that the Yetzirah is obviously not something that is one size fits all. It is not a singular entity, a singular power that affects everyone equally. But obviously, from our Gemara over here, the Yetzirah is tailor-fit and tailor-made to individuals. That point will become clearer as we go through today's daf. Vavakash baruchu tama imahem. Kodesh Baruch Hu was also amazed together with the Tzadikim. Shenamar, the, the Gemara quotes a Pasuk also from Zechariah. It was wondrous in their eyes, the remnants of the people, to refer, reference to the Tzadikim. And not only is it amazing to them, it's amazing to me as well, says the, says the Kodesh Baruch Hu, through the Navi Zechariah. So this idea that it's just amazement and wonder that the tzaddikim were able to overcome the Yitzhahara. Kadosh Baruch Hu also is amazed, and maybe we can take out the word amazed and in, in, in pers- in, 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 insert the word impressed. Amrav Asi Yitzhahara. And so the Gemara now brings us a number of memros, another, a, a number of machshava ideas as it relates to the Yitzhahara. Bitchilo dam shabuchya. Originally it looks like a spider's web, meaning it's really thin and and, and, and easily to, and, and one could easily break it a little bit soft, but, ev- but eventually, it's like, it's like the, it's like the ropes that tie the wagon to the animal, meaning it becomes then unbreakable. And the Pasuk in Yishayahu over here goes on to describe that it starts off something that is really um, almost non-existent, like the spider web. And then what eventually happens is it becomes like the ropes of a wagon. And so the idea being expressed over here 
is that when you, if, if you get the Yitzhahara early on, so you can break it. But once it gets its, its claws into you, so then it becomes stronger and stronger, and it becomes much more difficult to break. Continuing, So as far as Meshech ben David, which is going to be revealed to us speedily in our days, hopes and praise the Gemara, So the Gemara understands over here that there was a dialogue that exists between Meshech ben David and Akash Baruch Hu. Akash Baruch Hu says to Meshech ben David, so new make a request. Shenamar Asapra el Chok. Gemara quotes from the second paragraph of Tehillim that uh, this conversation, this dialogue that takes place between the two of them. So, And you ask for me and I'm going to give you. And the Gemara's understanding is that this back and forth, this exchange takes place between Akash Baruch Hu and Mashiach ben David. Now when Mashiach ben David sees the death of Mashiach ben Yosef, so he asks Akash Baruch Hu, so what I'm asking for is life, meaning I want, uh, I, I want Mashiach ben Yosef to come back. So Omer lo chayim. So Kadosh Baruch Hu says life. You're asking for life. Achlo amarta. David avicha. So even before you ask for it, David, David, your your forefather. So he already prophesied that it's coming. Shenamar the pasuk says chayim shal mimchanasatelo. So the Gemara quotes also from the Perik in Tehillim that uh, that chayim uh, shal. You ask for life, and I'm going to give it to you. So this idea that, that, that Mashiach ben Yosef is going to be resurrected, and presumably, I mean, the Gemara doesn't make this point, but it seems obvious that it's not just Mashiach ben Yosef, it'll be everyone. In other words, everyone will experience the Tchias HaMesim, but the, um, uh, but the idea over here is that specifically it also will, uh, will be experienced by Mashiach ben Yosef. Darash Rabbi Avira, V'yitem Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, Shiva Shemos Yeshali Yetzahara. Yetzahara is known by seven different names, Akash Baruch Hu Kavar Ra. As far as Akash Baruch Hu is concerned, so he labeled, he named the Yetzahara Ra. Shenemar, Pasuk says, Ki Yetzir Lev HaAdam Ra Min Urav. So, uh, so as we, uh, uh, approach the, uh, approach the, uh, the, um, the, the end of the Mabul. And Akash Baruch Hu promises that he's not gonna, he's not gonna curse the land anymore. He, with an understanding that, look, Lev HaAdam Ra. Mino Rav, the, the, the ways of the people are Ra. Ra in reference to the Yetzirah. Meaning it's obviously, it's part of the human construct that we have the Yetzirah as part and parcel of us. Moshe Kara'ara, Moshe describes the Yetzirah as some, as, as an entity that's uncircumcised, Shanamar. Umata Masar Lasavavchem, David Karutame. David refers to the Yetzirah as a Tame. Shanamar Lev Tahar Barali, Elohim. So we're asking Kosh Baruch Hu to give us a Lev Tahar. Michlal implied Ikatame. That there's a late Tame as well, which is David's description of the Yitzhahara. Shlomo Karo Sone. Shlomo describes it as a Sone. Shenamar im Raev Son Acha. Hechileu Lechem. If your enemy is hungry, so give it bread. Vim Samej Gamayim. And if thirsty, then give it water. Kigechalim Atachute Al Rosha Vashem Yishalim Lach. And so either with bread or water, so one can satiate the uh, this, uh, this sona, this sone, the, uh, this enemy. And al tikrai, now in the, well, let me just, uh, before we go on in the Gemara, so just to, just to amplify, explain this a little bit better, so mayim and lechem obviously are references to Torah, meaning the antidote, this is as per the Gemara and Kedushin, the antidote to the Yetzirah is Torah. So you'll give it bread, you'll give it water, so those are references to Torah. And I'm sure there are subtle differences between the, the Torah of lechem and the Torah of mayim, but for our purposes right now, just to say simply, is that a good dosage of Torah will go ahead and mitigate 
the Yetzirah, Al Tikrei Yishalem Lach. Now, the Pasuk says that in giving a bread and giving a water, so Yishalem, now literally translates as, and we'll be paid back. But the Gemara says, but in the context now of understanding the Pasuk is in reference to the Yetzirah, so it doesn't mean that we're going to get paid back. Ela Yashlimenu Lach. That you're basically going to be at peace with the Yetzirah. Somehow, learning Torah is going to create a, a healthy symbiotic relationship between you and the Yetzirah. Whereas you and the Yetzirah were, were, were existing in some sort of antagonistic relationship where he was basically getting you to, to, to violate a Kash Baruch Hu's will. So in the study of Torah, so basically what you can do is that you can, you, you can work together with the Yetzirah and you're going to have Shalom with the Yetzirah. We're going over the seven names of, uh, of the Yetzirah. We're up to uh, the last three. Yeshayahu describes the Yetzirah as a Mechshel, as a stumbling block. Pasuk in Yeshayahu, Salu Salu, Panu Derech Harimu Mechshel, Miderech Ami. Remove the Mechshel. The uh, literally stumbling block in the context of our discussion of the Yetzirah. Yecheskel Karu Evan. Yecheskel describes it as a stone. Shenemar. Vasiros is Lev HaEvan Mi Besarchem. Venasat Lechem Lev Basar. Remove the heart of stone in order to give us a, 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 a cardiac muscled heart. Obviously not to be understood literally over here, but figuratively, the idea that a, a an Evan is a reference to the Yetzirah. Yol Karutz Phoni, as far as Yol is concerned, the Navi Yoel, he describes it as the hidden one. Shenemer Ve'esat Phoni, Archik Me'elechem. The hidden one, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna make space, distance between you and, 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 and the Yetzirah. Tanarabana. Uh, this last passage that we just quoted from Sefer Yol, the Gemara is going to expound on it even more. Gemara quotes a Brisa based on these psukim in Yoel. This is a analysis of the second parak of Yoel. Yoel, a short Sefer with Intreyasar, four prakim in total. We're in the second parak. Uh, the passage goes on to say, Vesat Sefuni, Archik Me'alechem. So basically, it, right, it'd be good right now to look up the Pasuk in total. But what the Gemara is going to do is it's going to go through the Pasuk phrase by phrase and darshan each phrase within this Pasuk. So we start off as, I'm going to take the Tzfoni, I'm going to distance him from you. So it's a reference to the Yetzirah. We know this already, but in, in the context of this particular Brisa, we're going to go through multiple phrases in the Pasuk. Back to the Pasuk in Yoel, V'hidachtiv el Eretzial Ushmama. And I'm going to cast it out into a land that is Sia Ushmama, a desolate land. And the Gemara understands, No inhabitants over there. Lihizgaros Baham. So that the Yetzirah can't start up with anybody. So it will be exiled to an uninhabited area. Espanav el Hayama Kadmoni. So it's going to be facing the original ocean. And the Gemara goes on to explain. The Yetzahara uh, went after the Mikdash Rishon. The Yama Karmoni is a reference over here to the first base of Mikdash. Destroying the first base of Mikdash and all the Tamid Chachamim associated with the first base of Mikdash. In the context, you can guess already how the Gemara is going to understand the next part of this Pasuk in Yoel. So destroying also the Yam Ha'acharon, Yam Ha'acharon in this context is reference to the second base of Mikdash, together with the Tamidichachamim. And one more phrase that the Gemara is going to darshan in this Pasuk in Yoel. So, and it really doesn't even spend its time, the Yetzirah, with the other nations of the world, but really focuses on 
Now, literally, the enemies of the Jewish people, but you probably guessed already, it is euphemism. It means that the main focus of the Yitzhahara is on the Jewish people. Um, Abai is going to add now one more phrase in this Pesukim in Yoel. And when the Pasuk says, More than anyone else, meaning even as the Yitzhahara focuses on the Jewish people, according to Abaye, it really zooms in on the Tamid Chachamim of the Jewish people, where the Yitzhahara is going to be concentrating most of its energies. Ki Ha, the Gemara tells now, really a, a, a powerful story, one that really speaks to some of the most important ideas and lessons to be communicated regarding the Yitzhahara. Gemara tells a story where Abaye overhears a conversation between a young man and a young woman. Obviously, they weren't married. So let's take a walk together. Amar. So Abaye says to himself, I'm going to go and separate them from Isser. Meaning, I'll be their escort. And unbeknownst to the two of them, so he followed them. So if in the event that they are going to be involved in Isser, he will separate them. And he followed them for three parses along a swamp forest. Now they got to a crossroads, this young man and this young woman. And Shamino de Amre, and now Abaya overhears the conversation. And the conversation goes like this Orchen Rechike. So we have a long distance that we need to go, meaning I need to go my direction, you need to go in your direction. They had a crossroads, and they lived in two different communities. Vitsavs and Basima. Now, the company was pleasant, meaning I, I love the time that we got to spend together walking together, but now we have to part ways. So they just simply they said goodbye to each other, and they went in their separate ways. And unlike what Abaya thought, Abaya thought that given the, the chance that they were going to be alone and, and, and be in a private location, so they would both be tempted to engage in, 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 in Avera, but that's not what happened. In fact, uh, they just simply left. So it was an uneventful event. So Amr Abaya, so Abaya was beside himself. Iman if I were there, now that's not literally what the words mean, but it's a reference to himself. If I were there, So Abai over here gives a really powerful self-admission, and that is, is that given that kind of temptation, I wouldn't have resisted. So And he goes and he hangs himself, not literally hangs himself, but leans against the, uh, against the door. Uh, the common expression the Gemara uses when somebody is down and depressed, and uh, so Abai over here, so he was really down. He did not understand at this point in time why it is that somebody seems to have much more control over his Yetzirah than he himself had. Umitsta er. And he was down. Also, Saba, an elderly person comes in. We have a tradition. Rashi does not say it over here, but we do have a tradition that when the Gemara refers to a nondescript elderly person, so it's a reference to Eliyahu Anavi. So, Tanale, and he taught by the following, Anyone who is greater than his friend, so his Yetzirah is going to be greater than him as well. And that means to say that what happens with the Yetzirah is that it grows together with you. It's not the idea, which is obviously what Abai was assuming, that when a person grows greater, so what he does is, is that he conquers his Yetzirah. So what this elderly person taught Abai is that that's not the case. In fact, the Yetzirah just continues to be commensurate to your spiritual heights. The greater a person gets, the greater Yetzirah gets, uh, gets as well. And so that means to say that a greater person in spiritual heights is also going to be having even a stronger and more profound Yetzirah as well. 
When Abaye makes the admission that he himself knows that he, if he were tempted under those situations, he for sure would have succumbed to his temptation, that actually was an indication of his greatness. It's a sign of his greatness that he knows that he would, that he would be subject to his temptation. But what he didn't understand until the Saba explained it to him is that you don't conquer your Yetzahara, but basically what you do is you manage your Yetzahara. And the greater you become, the more management that's necessary in order to make sure that you keep your Yetzahara in check. Gemara teaches us more regarding a person's battle against his Yetzahara. Yetzahara grows every day. Yetzahara is never, never complacent, not stagnant. The Yetzahara grows. Shinamar, the Pasuk says, Rak, as we turn to the top of the Ahmed Bez, Rak, Rak, Kolayom. And Kol Hayom, understands Rashi, is that there's Tosefis, there's addition. It, it continues to grow. Rabbi Shimon, um, sorry, Amar Rabbi Shimon Melakish, Yitzhoshaladam, Miskaber Allah, Bechol Yom, and Vakesh Lamiso. So similarly, Rabbi Shimon Melakish teaches us that the Yetzahara grows every day, and not only that, but it wants to kill you. Meaning that it's going to get you to, it's going to tempt you with, with, with hate, and through the hate, so you're going to die. So the Mark quotes the Pasuk in Tehillim, that he's looking, this Russia is looking towards the Tzaddik, and looks to kill him. And what, what do you have going for you? You have the help of a Baruch what we call Siyata Deshmaya. But without that Siyata Deshmaya, you can't go ahead and and combat the Yetzirah on your own. Shenemar Hashem lo yazvenu biyado, v'lo yashienu bihishavto. So the Gemara quotes another pasuk in, in, in Tehillim. Also, this is from Paraklam and Zion. That the idea that a Baruch Hu will not leave you alone together with him, because if so, so then you're just simply going to be tempted by the Yetzirah. So you need the siyat of the You need the help of a Baruch Hu. Tandebe Rabbi Shmuel. The Gemara quotes a bright and paga b'chamenu if you really feel that the Yetzirah has got his grips on you, if you would like to compare the Yetzirah to a stone, so he will, uh, he'll, he'll melt. And in Barzel who? Misposes. If you want to compare it to iron, so he's going to, he, he's, he's, he's going to melt under the, uh, un, under the, the influence of the base measures and obviously from the Torah that you're learning in the base measures. And the Gemara quotes Psukim that speak to this idea. Anyone who is thirsty will go drink water. Obviously, the Gemara's understanding of this Pasuk in Yeshayahu is that it's not a reference to physical thirst and physical water, but it's a reference to Torah. And we know that as far as stones are concerned, so stones are going to, stones are going to be rubbed down by water. So you have a current of water running over a stone, so eventually it's going to rub it out. And the same idea over here is that the Torah, which is compared to water, is going to really rub out the stone, the Yetzirah. And the same thing as far as Torah being compared to a fire. And that means to say that if your Yetzirah is a barzel, so it'll, it, it, it'll, be, it'll melt in the fire. So the Pasuk in Yermia over here describes that basically the, um, the, uh, the, the, the fire is going to is going, going to make its way through the iron. Now, the truth of the matter is, Tosus over here understands the, 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 uh, the allegory a little bit different than the way I presented, the way I explained it. I explained it like Rashi. See, Tosus, Tosus over here is found on the Amud Aleph, going into the Amud Beis, where he gives a slightly different explanation of the analogy, but, 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 but we presented Rashi. Amr of Shmuel Bar Nachmini, Amr of Yonasan. Yei Sahara Misisola Adam Olamazeh. 
the Yetzirah is going to tempt you in this world, and eventually what's going to happen is he's going to testify you about you in the world to come. Shenamar, the Gemara quotes a Pesach in Mishle, so during your youth, he's going to be mifanek, right? Mifanek, mifunak is somebody who's particular, but in the context of this pasuk, uh, it's a reference to a uh, to, to the Sahara, basically getting you to be very particular and very comfortable and and to be tempted, and then achrisson eventually yemanon. So this Sahara then is going to become a manon. Now, what is a manon? A really difficult word to explain. Uh, the Gemara takes out the decoder ring in order to interpret the word manon. manon. If you take out the decoder ring, specifically the atbach, there are a number of different ways to take letters of, of the Torah and switch it around in order to decode and come up with new understandings of the Torah. So over here we're using a methodology called atbach. Rashi over here spends a good amount of time explaining how the Atbach sequence works and how it decodes. Uh, if I could try to say it succinctly, uh, for take the letter Af, Aleph and the letter, take the letter Test, and the two of them combine equal 10. And so when you have an Aleph, you could replace it with a Test. You take the letter Bez and Ches, and that also equals 10, so you replace the Bez with a Ches. Now, that's just really the beginning, in other words, and you do that for the, for the first nine letters of the Aleph Bez. You will do that also for um, uh, you will you will do that also for the next nine letters of the alpha base as well, uh, but then it, it gets a it gets a little bit trickier. Okay, we, we at this point in time I'm not going to go. Rashi does go through it, but I'm not going to go through the entire sequence and decoding. Uh, even in the sequence, as I explained it really briefly, uh, you realize that the letter hey kind of does not have a pair to it. In other words, the, the hey does not add together with another letter in order to equal ten. Hey, obviously doubled over equals 10. So what do you, what do you match hey with? Okay, so it happens to be that the correct answer is is that in this decoding of, of, of Atbach, so you take the hey and you, and, and you convert it to a nun. Now, why should that be? Again, it's a, it gets a little bit complicated, a little bit involved, and we're not going to go through it right now, but just suffice to say that if you take the word manon and you apply Atbach to it, so what you get is sahada. And, and that's exactly the Gemara's point. Is that she she came by Atbach she Rabbi Chia current Lisada Manon? So the letters Memnun Vabnun will turn into the letters Samachay Dalad Hey, which is a test, which is testimony, and so that means to say that that which enticed you, the Yitzhara, is also going to end up testifying about you as well. Rav Huna Rami, Rav Huna notes a discrepancy between Pesukim Ksiv Kibroch Zununim Hisa. So the Yitzhara over here is basically like somebody who visits you. And, and, but it's like an outsider in order to entice you. Uksiv, and yet, another Pasuk describes it as Bikirbam, it's internal. And Betchila Hitam, and so the Gemara says is that uh, it, it, originally what it's going to do is it's going to mislead you, but in other words, it's an external force, of Levisof, Bikirbam. But eventually, tempted enough times to the Yetzahara, it's going to become internal. Amarava Betchila Karu Helech. Now over here, we're taking a look at a Number of psukim found in Shmuel Beis, notably in the twelfth parak of Shmuel Beis. After David Amalek succumbs to the temptation of of Bathsheba, so the Navi goes over to David Amalek and explains to him, and and, and through the Mashal Shnei Anashim Hayubirachas, there were two people in the same city. One was rich and one was poor. Okay, and and without going through all the details right now, 
but somebody was uh, somebody somebody was tempting uh, the, um, the the wealthy person to go ahead and to take the uh, the one possession of the poor person. Now, obviously, the mashal over here is a reference to how David Melach took away the wife of of of, of Uriah. And he took Bathsheba to himself. Uh, and, and over here, as far as what we're focusing on over here, is that the Yetzirah that is in the story, that's in the analogy, so described in three different ways. So, So originally he's described as simply somebody that you encounter. Then he's a visitor. He's like a guest. And then eventually he becomes you, you, you himself. And now we're just looking at the Pesukim over here. So this Halech, this visitor comes and visits the wealthy man. And then he gets you to spend time with the guest. And then he gives it over to the Ish. So the Yetzirah starts off as, a, as an outsider, then as a guest, and eventually the man himself. It's the same basic idea. That what ends up happening is that the more you come to, you succumb to the Yitzhahara, the more it becomes an internal force. A person has an Ever Katan, a reference to his private area. Savea Masbio. So I'm sorry. Marivo Savea. So if you starve it, so it will be satiated. Masbio Raev. But if you overindulge, so then it becomes, it, it, it becomes starved. Shenamar kemar isam vayisba'u. Kemar quotes the Pasuk Hosea, speaking to this idea that, um, the, uh, that as long as you, as long as you do not overindulge, so then it will be satiated. And basically what the Gemara says is as far as the sexual urge is concerned, so it runs counterintuitive. It's not the shot that the more that you indulge, the more you're going to be satiating and gratifying. In fact, it's just the opposite. That the less that you indulge, the more that it's going to be satiated. And the more that you indulge, the less it's going to be satiated. And so the Gemara here gives us, once again, another powerful lesson in terms of some of the very basics of the Yetzirah, in terms of how it operates and the mechanics of the Yetzirah. Amr of Chana Baracha Amri Bey Rav. So the Gemara quotes, in the name of Rav, Arba'am is Chavar Dalai Makash Baruch Hu Shabar'am. Kashbarach regretted having made four different entities, Ve'eluhain, and they are Galus, Kazdim, Yishma'elim, and Yetzirah. Before actually going through the four, thing, the four things that Kashbarach regrets, just a quick word on, on the word regret. So the Gemara over here uses the word Scharata as if Kashbarach regrets having created. Kashbarach does not regret creating anything. Kashbarach in his infinite wisdom created everything perfectly with purpose. And so this idea that Akash Baruch Hu made, so to say, a mistake and regrets doing so. So the language of the Gemara over here is just simply a language that we are comfortable saying and understanding. Meaning this is now an attempt of us understanding Akash Baruch Hu and our understanding obviously is extraordinarily limited. We're finite entities and we're trying to understand an infinite entity of Akash Baruch Hu, And so that is impossible. So over here we're using language of Mishcharet Akash Baruch Hu regrets not because he regrets it, but just simply to the best of our understanding, these are things that are difficult, and it says if Hakash Baruch regrets it, at least in the way that you and I speak. But obviously it is an extraordinarily limited understanding, but still the Gemara uses language that we can at least identify with and associate with. Now these four things that Hakash Baruch Hu, 
uh, regrets having made. So that is Galus Dechsev. So it's exile. Uh, the Gemara quotes the Pasuk in Yeshayahu, Vatama leponum Hashem ki lukach ami chinam. The nation was taken away for no reason. So, um, so this idea that being sent into Galus, so it's terrible. And it's, and, and it's, again, I'm just using it in the context of the Gemara, regrettable. Kazdim, because Baruch Hu created the Kazdim, the Kazdim is a reference to the Babylonians, just having destroyed the first base of Mikdash, Rechsiv, Hein Eretz Kazdim, Zeha'am, Lohaya. I wish this custom didn't exist, says the Karsh Baruch Hu. Again, a really, really difficult nation that was responsible for the destruction of the first base of Mikdash. Yishma'elim dechsev. Now, as far as Yishma'elim are concerned, so Yishalyu o'alim l'shodidim u'vetuchosu migrezeikel l'asher hevi elokabiyado. So uh, this idea that you have this marauding nation uh, that is marogez kel, they, they, they incite a Karsh Baruch Hu. And it's a reference to the Yishma'elim. And finally, Yitzhara dechsev the Asher Harei Osi. The Yitzhara causes causes people to uh, to do bad things, to to be chote, and Kadosh Baruch Hu. Again, I'm putting this in quotes. Regrets having made the Yitzhara. And, and again, just I know I'm reiterating, but the idea over here is that he doesn't regret it. It's just these things are really they're 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 obviously with purpose, but they're really difficult, and they're real, and, and and they cause a tremendous amount of strain and stress both nationally. And individually. So the legs of the Jewish people, right? The Gemara here speaks euphemistically. It's a reference to the Jewish people. The legs of the Jewish people would not be able to support the Jewish people. Meaning, basically, our, knee, our, 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 our knees would buckle, our legs would buckle. Had it not been for these three psukim chad, one pasuk says, This idea that the Yitzhah really causes us to sin. And to a degree. Now I'm going to emphasize. I'm going to re-emphasize to a degree, right? The uh, the idea that we're the, the the idea that we sin. So it's uh, uh, it, it, it it's the it's the Yitzhah that causes us to do so. Now obviously we on this earth have the responsibility of trying to overcome our Yitzhah, but at least though we can identify and know that uh, the reason why we succumb is because of the Yitzhah. Another Pasuk in Yermiyahu speaking to this idea that really we're in the hands of a Baruch Hu, meaning a Baruch Hu was the one who gave us the Yitzhahara. And again, uh, it's not, not as an excuse, but rather as an explanation. So our succumbing to Chet is because of the Yitzhahara. And finally, Pasuk in Yechezkel, that the, uh, we already, we already spoke about this earlier, that a Baruch Hu takes, replaces the Lev Evan and replaces it with the Lev Basar. Again, the removal of the Yitzhahara will put us in a much better position where we can be over to Vodazara unencumbered by the Yitzhahara. Rapapa Amraaf Mehainami. Rapapa speaks to another passage that also say, that speaks to this very idea. I'm going to put my Ruach inside of you, meaning I'm going to give you the ability to overcome the Yitzhahara. So, uh, so this idea that uh, we succumb to sin. So again, not as an excuse, but sim- as a simple explanation. So these psukim speak to the idea that there is a Yitzhahara, and in order for us to be over to Kaddish Baruch, we have to overcome a Yitzhahara, and just these psukim acknowledge how difficult it becomes. Uh, the psukim in Zechariah, this is the second paragraph of Zechariah, speaks to this idea of that there are people that are involved in the construction of now we'll see in just a moment what but mayninu arba charashim these this idea that we have four people that are involved in construction amar of khanabar bizna amar of shimam khasida so they are meshekhman david meshekhman yosef aliahu and kohen sadek 
So these four people are involved in construction. Now the two Mashiachs, Ben David and Ben Yosef, so they're going to eventually be responsible for the building of the of the base Amikdash Mimhera Viamenu. Eliyahu says Rashi, so he was responsible for the building of the Mizbech on Har Carmel. And Kohen Sedek says Rashi, that's a reference to Shem, the son of Noach, Shem ben Noach. And he was also referred to as a carpenter because he was responsible to help his father build the Teva. So Mesa Rav Shesh is the office of the Gemara says, so if these are the Harashim, if these are our people occupied in construction, so so let's take a look now further in these Psukim in Zechariah. So we just quoted in the, in, in the second paragraph of Zechariah. We're also going to be quoting from the second Pesach in Zechariah. So, Ela Karnos Asher Zeru Es Yehuda. So, the, um, these, these Charashim, so with their horns, they're, they're the ones who gored Yehuda. They, meaning, they're the ones who caused Yehuda to be scattered amongst the people. So, the way that uh, Rav Chana Rabizna understood the Pasuk is that these are people that are involved in the construction for a positive benefit, but a simple reading of the Pesukim in Zechariah would seem to indicate just the opposite. So, Hani Lishuva Asu. So, and meanwhile, uh, when Rav Chana Barbizna quotes, quotes this Pesuk, he understood that they are there for positive purposes. So, Amr Leis, so Rav Chana says back to Rav Sheshish, so he says, okay, before you ask me from the Pesukim in Zechariah, let us take a look together carefully at the end of the Pasuk. So that means to say that it is these, uh, these carpenters who are going to be picking up the pieces. Meaning the Kronos are the ones that are destroying the Jewish people and it's exactly the purpose of these carpenters, so to say, these people involved in construction who are going to be picking up the pieces. Amalei. So at that point, Rav Sheshis admit, admits, acknowledges that Rav, Rav Chana, Rav Chana reading of the Pesukim is correct, and he says, Last time I get involved in Agadata when it comes to Rav Chana Barbizna, he really is an expert on Agadata, and I, I should know better. I, I, I shouldn't get involved. One last piece of Agarata for today's daf, based on a Pasuk in Micha. Pasuk in Micha is describing how there are going to be seven shepherds and eight, let's call them officers, board of directors, if you will. So Maninu, so who are the seven shepherds? So Shiva Rohim, and they are David Bam, so David's going to be at the center. Adam, Shes, Misushelach, Mimino. So you're going to have to the right of David Amalech, Adam Arishon, Shes, the son of Adam Arishon, Mesushelach, a couple of generations later. So they're going to be to the right of David Amalach, and then to the left, Avram Yaakov, Moshe, Bismolo. Avram Yaakov and Moshe. So a couple of real obvious questions, uh, ones, ones in which are going to be difficult to answer. So why these particular seven? So Rashi to that says, don't know. Rashi writes over here, um, you could see the Rashi, it's towards the bottom of the, uh, bottom of the Amud, so, um, so Rashi says, I don't know. I don't know why these seven. Now, as far as the conspicuous absence of Yitzchak over here in these Psukim, so Rashi says that, I, at least I can give a suggestion. Uh, so based on Midrashim, so we know that Yitzchak is the one that really 
uh, went after and sought after to try to save all uh, all, all, all neshamos that made its way to Gehenna. So uh, as far as Yitzhak is concerned, so he could not be part of the Rohan as he was preoccupied, says Rashi. And as far as the eight are concerned, so the eight officers, eight members of the board, if you will. So the Gemara says, Yishai, Sha'ul, Shmuel, Amos, Stefania, Sidkiyahu, Mashiach, and Eliyahu. So those are the eight, uh, eight members. Uh, again, uh, totally unclear in terms of why specifically uh, these eight, but those are the, uh, the ones that are going to be shepherding us and, 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 uh, and directing us lots of love in the future. Okay, this is a perfect point to stop. We're going to pick up tomorrow, going back to a description of the Simchat Beis HaShoeva. But in terms of a, a, a quick recap of today's daf, so actually, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. After going over the Tikkun Gadol and the Mechitza that was created in the, um, in, in the second base of Mikdash, and when we say Mechitza, really what we're talking about is a balcony. In order to create a better separation between men and women, men and women were separated already by Bayes Rishon uh, during the Simchat Beis Tishuweva, but for the second base of Mikdash. So it needed an improvement, and so therefore, a balcony was created for the women. Gemara says that this idea of separation is so important we darshaned out from Pesukim and Zechariah, and even though the design of the Beis HaMikdash is, is done Ayyidei Nevoah, and no, uh, no changes can be made, but in order to improve uh, the, um, in, in order to pr- improve the spiritual well-being where men and women are going to be separated, to minimize the amount of frivolity that, occur, that occurs at these events, and, and to make sure that there's no Machshav uh, Azroz, so therefore a balcony was created. That was the first part of today's daf. E, after that, the Gemara launches into a lengthy discussion regarding the Yetzirah. The reason why the Gemara went into that topic is because that Pesach and Zechariah where we were describing the eulogy that takes place of somebody who died and uh, that eulogy uh, involved uh, men and women who were separated and the Gemara made a Kavachomer. If they're separated for the funeral, so for, certainly, for, for sure they should be separated by Simcha as well. So that Hesped was over. So one possibility is that was Mashiach ben Yosef, and the Gemara spent a little bit of time discussing that, but the other possibility is that the Hespita was over, uh, was over the Sahara that was shafted. And so the Gemara launches into a lengthy dissertation, which really occupied most of today's daf, in terms of some of the very basics regarding the operating principles of the Sahara, how the Sahara works, uh, what is the name of the Sahara, and many other details regarding some of the governing principles of the Sahara.